Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I'm Harlan, and I'm here with Miranda. How are you, Miranda? I'm doing well. How are you today, Harlan? I'm doing just great. It's good to do this in person. It's a lot of fun. Usually we're uh, on different sides of the country when we record. So th- this is this is a good experience. It's it's fun to do. Yeah, so <laughs> let's go ahead and get started. Good idea. When making decisions, we often rely on someone else to tell us what to do. Uh, we like to think that we are thinking for ourselves. But what happens when we kind of get caught up in this idea of groupthink or going along? You said you had some thoughts on this. So let's let's start with you and some thoughts. Well, I, th- I think there's a lot of issues that, that come into play here. And I, I think groupthink really stems from having one really strong personality who a lot of people look up to for some reason or another, who might have a strong opinion on something. And that opinion appeals to people. And we look for people who are like us or who we want to be like. And we kind of adopt their thoughts sometimes as our own and opinions as our own. And we lose sight of what might actually be true for us or might actually be true in the world. So I, I think it's, it's, it's a big problem politically. Number one, it's a big problem culturally. Mm-hmm. Number two, I've had experiences where, you know, there, there's, you work with such a strong personality that they communicate their thoughts so well and their philosophies on life that you just want to adopt them as your own. A lot of the ideas we have about life sometimes are actually other people's ideas about life. And we haven't given ourselves the opportunity to really think about life from our perspective and figure out what those philosophies might be for ourselves. So that is that is why I wanted to talk about this topic in the first place, because I find it to be a big problem. I mean, it's it's one step away from brainwashing, and it happens from any source, especially sources you trust or who are who you think are trustworthy. The media gets involved sometimes, and it just gets communicated in such a way that it can really affect what you really feel about life. And some of it can be unhealthy. Kind of along with that, and you pretty much covered this, but when you look at it, a good definition of groupthink, I thought, came from Psychology Today. And it talks about how groupthink occurs when a group values harmony and coherence over accurate analysis and critical evaluation. And I think a lot of the time we do get caught up in that where individual members of the group unquestioningly follow the word of the leader and it strongly discourages any disagreement with the consensus. And so it comes either from choosing, sometimes we choose these groups to belong to, sometimes we kind of go toward affinity groups and choose to be a part of these groups and get so caught up in that worldview or or that bubble, right, as we sometimes call it, a bubble, then you're kind of caught and and you start thinking that this is the way things are. So now you said that you saw a lot of problems with groupthink. So what are some of the problems that you see with groupthink? What are the things that you think are most dangerous about getting caught up in this mind I don't know. Well, I, the biggest the biggest issue is that you 
a lot of the time you're putting your faith, you're putting a lot of faith into one person or one philosophy and it drowns out other opinions and critics, people who might disagree. And a lot of the time when you get lost in this idea of this is the way life is, this is my approach, you will shut out people who disagree with you, even if they have valid criticisms or perspectives that you might not have considered. And I know that this is one step away from cult-like thinking where you're in a group and you all have something in common and it's common to have the idea that someone who disagrees just doesn't get it or they're not on the same page. And this is an immediate way to shut down people who disagree. And that is probably the most dangerous thing in the world to free thinking and free ideas and coming up with real solutions to real problems because you just shut out the critics and you can't shut out the critics. You, you have to listen to voices that are different than yours. Sure. Not everybody is educated the same. Some people might be ignorant about whatever the issue is, but in terms of, well-meaning and educated opinions you you do you can't shut those out otherwise you're closing yourself off to what the truth might be and i think that's that's a big problem when it comes to cult-like thinking and groupthink yeah and it's hard sometimes because you you get in this situation where you think that you're thinking and that you agree but sometimes you're not looking at other people's opinions. And I think that's one of the problems with groupthink as well, is that you get so caught up in this idea of other the people who aren't part of your group don't get it. And so then you tend to start thinking of them as not just the other, but also you start to dehumanize them. And that's been a big problem I've actually seen in recent years in politics with this idea where you have your tribe, you're, you're sure that inside of your tribe, you're totally right. And the other tribe is wrong and evil. And they're trying to destroy whatever it is they're trying, you, you know, your tribe says they're trying to destroy. And I think it comes from all angles and anytime you get in this space. And I think that's another big problem with groupthink is that you stop seeing people who aren't part of your group as humans and you start seeing them as, as something a little bit less or you start attributing everything they do to malicious intent when most of us are people and most of us wants what's best, but we start attributing things to people that maybe aren't there. Yeah, and the result of that is no one within the group wants to dissent because they see how dissenters are treated. Mm. And so it stifles any kind of compromise opportunities, any kind of growth opportunities, because everybody is just saying yes, and everybody's agreeing, and nobody feels comfortable with being an individual and having a different perspective. And that is a real danger to society, whether it's society as a whole, or even just, you know, a small group that you might be part of. I think, I think it's really important to be willing to entertain ideas that are different than yours, because otherwise you can't grow and it's, it's stagnation and nothing will ever change. Yeah. And then, you know, when you do talk about, being afraid to point out problems, being afraid to grow. Those efforts to please other people can actually lead – you can actually over overrun your own immediate moral code or what you know uh, along your own moral code to be right. 
And you can discard that just because somebody else tells you or this leader tells you or the group you're in tells you that it's okay. And you can discard those things and, and say, okay, well, you know, everybody else says it's okay. So now it's cool, even though deep down, I know it's not. So you have an example. Oh, no. I know you wanted to talk about. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not sure I want to talk about it now. I, no, might, I think you have to I now. might chicken out. I might chicken out. Oh. No. Um, one of the most interesting things I saw about this was a couple years ago. It was in uh, November of 2015. And there was a certain religious community that came out with a new policy toward a marginalized group. And <laughs> do you like how careful I'm being? <laughs> Just be specific. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know. See, uh, see, the, the pressure is still there. Um, <laughs> but in 2015, the LDS Church quietly added to its handbook a policy regarding LGBTQ folks and how they were to be treated if they were living in a same-sex arrangement, so um, living together. And this was leaked originally. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that was publicized. It wasn't something that a press release was put out. It was leaked and it was put out by somebody who had been pretty much disaffected from the LDS church. And so when it was first posted, there were a lot of people in my own feed and a lot of people that I saw warning against this and saying, oh, it's not true. They would never do this. Our leaders would never do this. This is a wrong policy. It's not something they would do. It's fake. And the immediate gut reaction was it's fake. It, it can't be true because it's fake and, and our leaders wouldn't do this. Within a few hours, they had been forced to say, yes, it's true. We have added this to the handbook. And yes, this is how we're going to be treating this situation. Within those hours when that happened, all of these people whose gut reaction was that can't be true, it's fake, had done a complete 180. And they were all saying, oh, it's totally cool. They were taking down their previous posts and saying, oh, it's cool. I understand now. This might be hard to swallow, but let's get in line. And so it, that was kind of a really weird example for me, especially from people that I'd known for a long time and had grown up with how quickly they changed from, oh, this is terrible. They'd never do this to, oh, this is totally uh, okay. Or even if it's not totally okay and it's hard to swallow, we'll deal with it because we, we've been told that this is why. And so I don't know. I just, to me, it was just kind of difficult to see that happen and, and watch it in real time, kind of giving up that gut reaction of this is wrong and, and totally flipping it. Yeah, it's a real interesting example. And I think uh, religion is based on this idea. I mean, faith is is really groupthink because you're relying on those who have, uh, you know, who are the leaders to come up with um, the doctrine and you follow the doctrine. And that is that is what you do. And you are ostracized from the community if you do not. So there's a lot of pressure there. So it basically trains you to not always think for yourself. And of course, this isn't true in all situations, in all religious situations, but it can manifest itself in religion. So it's it's just something to be aware of in that case. You know, we're not going to ask anybody to change religions or to <laughs> Certainly not. feel any differently about God or anything like that. But, you know, it's, it's definitely something to be aware of. It's good to question where your thoughts come from. Oh, yeah, definitely. Social media is another way to do this, and mm -hmm. is another way to fall into groupthink because especially in political discussions lately. I mean, things have become very, very intense uh, over the last few years in political discussion on social media, and everything is so polarized that 
you want to shut out everybody who doesn't agree with you. And it's very tempting to do that. And I know that I've hidden a lot of people, you know, I've, I've, I've unfollowed people right. on Facebook, not because I disagree with them, but because for me, Facebook isn't a place to express political ideologies. For a lot of people it is, and they feel the need to, and that is fine. And then I'm okay with that. But regardless of what side you're on, the discussions can get pretty nasty. And it's the nastiness that I don't like seeing. So I have unfollowed people on both sides. But there's a tendency for people to unfollow people who just disagree with them. And it, it is it is possible to find people to have good conversations with, good debates with, although I, do, I still don't think Facebook, for example, is a place for that. But have debates with people who disagree with you. Talk through your position. Listen to their perspective instead of just shutting out people who disagree with you because we're going to just further, to a deeper degree, separate ourselves from each other and become two separate societies if or, or more if we're not already. And I think we are, but I think people just live in different realities and we've got to reconcile that somehow. And I think it has to do with listening to each other and understanding each other's perspective more. And that's not going to happen if we just shut everybody out. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so, I mean, you talk about, you know, listening to different viewpoints, and that's one way to, to avoid falling victim to groupthink. So what are some of the other ways that we can kind of move forward and try to avoid falling into this trap? Well, I think it's more than just uh, shutting out people, but it's actively seeking out people who disagree with you or who might have different opinions. And it's not always about, you know, it has to be A or it has to be B. I mean, there there are certainly, I mean, we, t we talked at the beginning about different philosophies of life, and certainly there are hundreds or thousands of different ways you can live your life and different approaches to various things in your life. And, you know, someone who says, well, you have to work all the time to make money, and the point of making money is to provide for your family. Well, okay, so that's one opinion, and maybe there are other opin opinions about how to live your life, and maybe you should listen to other people and figure out what's right for you instead of doing what, you know, your small community expects you to do. You know, seeking out people who live their life differently than you is a good way to just double check and make sure that your mind is still open to lots of potential ideas that could change your life in a positive way. Yeah, I, li I like that a lot. And then I also think it really helps to understand yourself and to start working on your own moral compass and, and kind of dig deep inside of yourself and kind of write down what you value and what matters to you and, and kind of figure that out to kind of help you check in a little bit. And that doesn't mean that you have to reject everything that doesn't tally with your moral compass because, you know, like we said, it's good to have these other ideas and think about them and maybe even decide at some point to adjust course. But it does help to really understand yourself and kind of develop that feeling within yourself so that you can feel more confident about when somebody says, hey, do this, or when the group around you says, hey, do this, and you and you know it's wrong, that you can stand up and say, no, this is not right. And having that confidence and that compass on your own can help you do that. Yeah, and I think it takes some time to develop that, especially if you've never thought about it before oh, or yeah. never looked at yourself in that way. And certainly we don't have all the answers when you know we're just emerging as adults. Uh, it certainly takes some time to figure all that out. And I think beyond all of that, being able to recognize 
when you're falling into this idea of groupthink is is such a such an important skill to have and to develop. So uh, you know some tips for being able to identify that are some of the things that we talked about already. If you are in a community where it is not okay to disagree with the general plan, whether it's set by someone who's in charge, some leader of some sort, whether they're a CEO or whether they're just a political figure or something, you know, someone else within power. If the ability to say no to that person, if there's a threat there, if there is stress, if you're not openly comfortable with being able to do that, then you could be in a position where your thoughts are being determined by someone else other than yourself. Yeah. And I think it's important to note here too, that it's not just because you disagree doesn't mean that everybody has to stop what they're thinking and, and, and go along with you. But if you feel true anxiety for expressing dissent in any way or shape or form, and you feel that there will be very real consequences, social, whether it's social or legal or, or whatever it is, just for expressing dissent and everybody around you is going to enforce that, I think that's a, a big issue. It's fine to disagree with somebody and have a discussion about it. And then in the end, the group says, okay, we're not going to do what you think. But at least you've had the discussion and at least you aren't penalized for expressing your dissent. And I think that big idea of some sort of social penalty or legal penalty or whatever penalty it is just for disagreeing is the big red flag there. Yeah. And another red flag is if there's this idea that the group that you're in is is one group and then everyone on the everyone who does things differently is an outsider or an other or or the the key is that oh they just don't get it and i'm involved in drum corps and we talk about this a lot you know if you know if you haven't done drum corps then you just don't get it you don't <laughs> get why we're crazy and we spend our summers doing this activity that costs a lot of money first of all and it separates us from other things that we could potentially do over the summer. I think saying, well, you just don't get it, is the wrong answer. I think we can explain things to people and we can get them to sympathize and understand a lot more. But we we silo ourselves off when you say, well, we do this this way and you disagree because you don't get it. You're not enlightened like we are. <laughs> Beyond drum corps, I know that this is exactly how cults work in terms you know it's even if it's a business cult i'm not talking about a religious cult or a cult where people are abducted and they live underground and you know and it's it, kimmy schmidt okay. yeah exactly <laughs> it's like not just the kimmy schmidt cults but business cults where we have a certain way of doing our business and if you disagree well you just don't get it because you haven't been through our training our oh. training which is very special and will change your life you know, by brainwashing. But but yeah, I think you've got to be very careful about that. Very, very careful. Yeah, I, I kind of like how you mentioned the business cult as well. And I think part of that too goes into, um, we had an episode, oh, a few months ago on self-help gurus and, and you know, the gurus and that self-help thing. Because sometimes you can get caught up in that sort of excitement too. Oh, so-and-so says this is the way we do it. And so that's kind of 
what you think has to be done. Just anytime you get into that mindset of the people out there just haven't experienced it right, they don't get it, um, that's kind of a problem. I think another issue is when there's no conception that there might be another way. Like this is the only way to do this. This is, this is the only way to spend your money. This is the only way to run a business. This is the only way to improve your life. This is, you know, I, I think that's a big red flag too. When you think, oh, well, there, there can be no other way. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the money thing, too, because we see that a lot with the idea of debt. And I know we've talked about this recently on, on money episodes, but there, there are people out there who are so against the idea of debt that they will never go into debt for anything. And there might be a lot of reasons to do that. It could be that they had a bad experience, you know, someone in their family had a bad experience with owing money and and they never want to live through that. So to take that approach and say, well, if you don't agree with me and you're wrong and everybody should live their financial life like this, should avoid debt 100%, debt is evil. Uh, you have to watch out when people are that locked in to their own belief to an extreme to the point where they don't listen to anybody else. And then finally, the idea that the leader can't be wrong. And we've kind of talked about this as well. You talked about this earlier. You know, we kind of run into this, you know, we have this idea that, okay, well, you know, whoever's in charge is our guy. And so we have to go with that guy, uh, no matter what. And I think we've lost some of that nuance, especially in politics, where we're like, oh, well, you're either behind them and you're, or you're not. And it's like, no, most of us are people and most of us are kind of not happy about some policies and okay with some, with other policies. And there's no one person that's going to perfectly encapsulate all the things that you believe. But we're starting to move toward this idea that we have to get behind the guy or the gal. And that's, you know, not really, that's not really a good way to do it. It's really easy to get caught up of this idea that we have to all get behind this together. It's, it's yeah. once it becomes the way that people act in, in a certain way, it's, it's, it's like a, a tide. You can't really go against the tide and you just get caught up in, in the excitement of being part of a group and, you know, following a certain philosophy or a person. You don't even realize that you're kind of engulfed in this and it, it just feels like we're all doing this together and, and it can change gradually from a situation where everybody is thinking for themselves and then slowly you're manipulated into this group and you don't get the chance to realize that you are no longer thinking for yourself. We do have a couple interesting points. Sherry talks about the movie 1984, and not the movie, the book. That's a book. And, and the cult of personality and how, you know, we can kind of get caught up in that. And then, uh, you know, she also points out that it doesn't matter what the cult is, whether it's food or fitness or politics or religion or whatever it is, when we start letting, you know, other people co-opt our thoughts and we kind of turn off our own critical thinking, that starts to be a problem. I did like Sherry Ann, though. She just she kind of jokingly said, oh, what about the cult of CrossFit or paleo? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not a joke. I mean, it, it's true. I mean, you talk to not every CrossFit person, but yeah, the people... Watch you out. Know, we know CrossFit people. Of course we do. <laughs> and uh, most of the CrossFit people we know are people who think for themselves and don't get so deep into it that 
You know, they believe it's the only way to exercise. They have their own terminology for things, things that, you know, people on the outside might talk about one way. They talk about with different words. And those words have a special meaning to the group. And that's that's another sign of uh, groupthink, having your own code words that means something only to the group. I think that's an important sign as well. So yeah, that's uh, it's definitely a great point, Cher. And then an- another way to kind of avoid falling into this trap is to consider challenging your core beliefs on occasion. This doesn't mean that you ultimately just change everything about what you truly believe, but on occasion it doesn't hurt to challenge them and to kind of think about something else or, or kind of come up with a way to think about things differently so that you don't become intellectually lazy. Absolutely. So what are some of the do nows that we can do to make sure that we're not falling into this idea of groupthink? Yeah, so I think um, one of the first things is to go back to that challenging yourself by either finding something you disagree with and reading or watching it. Sometimes you don't realize that there are other arguments because you're so deep into your own head or your bubble or your tribe that you aren't actually you know, thinking about that, oh, there's another way to look at this. So I think going out and just and finding something you disagree with and watching it or reading it can go a long way toward helping. And along with that, another point that Sherry Ann brought up was that Facebook will use its algorithm to only show you things that you agree with <laughs> and that you're likely to like. And so I actually make it a point on occasion to like things that I don't agree with that I found on pa- Facebook, usually actually written out type arguments with a rationale behind them. I like to like those things because I'm afraid that Facebook will eventually disappear all of the people that disagree with me from my feed. And I don't want that. I know you try to avoid politics on Facebook, but I don't. So I'm afraid that the people I disagree with will disappear from my feed if I don't tell Facebook that I like it so that they'll keep showing it to me. Yeah. And one of the things that I think everybody should do at some point in their life, and, you know, a lot of people talk about the value of public school, but this is, this is an exercise that a lot of people did in public school. The whole purpose of public school, I think, is to teach people to be independent thinkers, although a lot of people disagree with me and think that public school is about teaching people to be factory workers and farm workers. Well, not farm workers, but, you know, just a cog in the machine. But public school is good. And this idea I always liked, and that's to actually take a position that you disagree with and write out an argument for that position that you disagree with. And this will help you discover that there are other opinions on things that you believe are truths in life. And this gives you much more compassion and understanding, and it, it opens your eyes to other perspectives, which I think is so important as we, uh, you know, as we go into the world, because so few people are able to see things from other people's perspectives. Yeah, and kind of along with that, the next do now on the list is to listen without arguing. <laughs> so listen to someone who has a different worldview than you. So, and it doesn't have to be like a different thought politically or whatever, but listen to somebody who's lived different experiences, maybe somebody from another part of the world or somebody who has a different religious tradition or somebody who is educated in a different school or somebody who comes from a different part of, of the country. Uh, just as, as somebody who has lived on both sides of the country, I can say that sometimes it really is like being in a different world, just 
going across the country. And so I take the time to listen without arguing and just really listen without thinking about what you're going to say or how you're going to respond. Just listen to somebody who has a different worldview or different experiences than you. Yeah. And along those same lines, I think it helps to read a wider variety of books. Make sure that the books that you're reading aren't all from the same type of perspective. Uh, there are so many things out there in the world that we don't experience because each of us is only one person. We can only live in one place at the same time. We can only experience one thing at the same time. And we can't be someone who was born in a different country. We can't be someone who was born in a different socioeconomic status. But we can read and we can learn and understand what someone else's life must be like through reading or through, you know, even watching films that, mm -hmm. that depict, you know, experiences that we would never come across in our own lives. And I think, I think it's really important to do that. And that will easily shatter some of the mm -hmm. preconceived notions that you have about what's real and what's true in life. And even fiction can help with this, actually, because uh, they've done studies that indicate that people who read fiction, a wide variety of fiction, actually develop empathy toward their fellow human beings in the real world. So that made me happy when I read that because I love I love fiction. I love I love reading fiction. Right. <laughs> so. I like some fiction. <laughs> so we have a listener question. My parents have been watching a news station a news station, I guess, almost exclusively. They don't get their information elsewhere and no longer use anything other than talking points when we talk. Uh, so basically, I guess the parents are repeating what they hear on TV. We used to have interesting conversations and now it's like they don't think about anything anymore. How do I get them to stop blindly following whatever they hear? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. You can't really make anybody, you can't make anybody do anything. You know, one of the things that I think works best though is to, rather than arguing, because you can't argue in those situations and facts never work as well as emotion. But one of the things that you can do is rather than arguing or, or trying to counter them or trying to make them see something is start asking them why. When they give you a talking point, say, well, why do you feel that way? And just ask them and just keep asking why, keep drilling down into the why. And eventually, as you keep doing that, the hope is that they will start remembering the deep conversations you used to have in the past and begin widening their scope again. I mean, that's the best I can do. Maybe you have something better. No, I think you're right. I think, you know, it's what you said, what Miranda said about not being able to change someone's mind is, is really true. You can only, you can only introduce people to, other ideas and you can't force anybody's mind open, but you can present ideas and in a compassionate and calm way. And maybe they will think about things or maybe they won't, but there's nothing you can control over that. And you have to, you have to sometimes just get used to the fact that some people are going to continue to have a worldview that's different than yours. And maybe they're trying to convince you that your view is wrong at the same time. And so yeah. you have to understand from their perspective as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I do I do think one of the keys is, is listening without arguing so that, mm -hmm. you know, and, and really just saying, well, why, why? And keep asking them questions so that they can explain to you. Uh, people like to have the opportunity to explain themselves. And I think once they get going down there and really thinking about it, if they realize 
that what they're explaining doesn't fit with what they, you know, used to believe or what they currently believe deep down, that's kind of one of the best ways to help them kind of, I guess, <laughs> go back to having interesting conversations with you. Yeah. So uh, do you disagree with us? Let us know. <laughs> do you disagree with our worldview? We would love to hear about it. Um, go to adulting.tv slash A86. That's this episode. Leave us a comment or visit us on Facebook. Or if you have some ideas for a future podcast or future articles, we actually have our podcasts all scheduled out. Not recorded yet, but we have a plan for the entire rest of 2017. <laughs> um, so we just worked on that today. We're excited about that. But we would love some other ideas, and sometimes we'll switch things out if something really, really excites us. So go to adulting.tv slash ask to ask us a question or to give us a suggestion. And find us on Facebook at our hashtag adulting community. Um, that's a great place to go to discuss things. And, of course, our Facebook page where you can see this video live. And uh, until next time, remember to act like a grown-up. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv. Thank you.